Bonjour and welcome to Get Undressed with 220Kid. Bonjour. <laughs> you know where to look. Well, I didn't see that one. Hello. <laughs> Do you know, actually, this is a big day because you're the first guest. So technically, I'm losing my virginity to you, my podcast virginity, so I will always remember you. So Thanks. it's going to be a curse you'll or a blessing. You'll always remember me or you'll be like, I really want to forget that one. <laughs> Maybe? Yeah. What do you think? I don't know. <laughs> wow, this is a very good start. Yeah. Well, first, thank you for being here. And I thought I really wanted you to be the first guest. First, because you have to go tonight. Okay, yeah. So you needed to come today. It's so emotional when you come here, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. No, but second, because I felt like when we started working together, we had a connection that was not only about work, it was also personal. And mm. we share a lot of things together. We share a lot of beliefs and we share a lot of, whether it comes to personal life or pro professional life, we have a lot in common. Mm -hmm. And so I thought- That's best, chemistry. Exactly, chemistry. That was a very shit one. Everyone's like, what the fuck? Uh, uh. <laughs> All I could hear Always. was that in the headphones. <laughs> okay. No, and I thought, I'd love to have a conversation with you about fashion because we've done a lot of fashion moments together and you've like super out there mm. in terms of what you were and you like trusted me a lot. To yeah. build like the DNA style and your brand and all of that. That's that's what I said on the first shoot, wasn't it? When we just met. Yeah. And the label were trying to dictate what was going on. And I had a strop. And do you remember this? And I, I, just... went, I went in and I was like, leave them the, the director and you, Jordan, yeah. Jordan. And I was like, leave them the fuck alone. They're professionals. They've been hired to do a job. So you I have remember. to trust them and let them do it. I know. I remember. So I remember, first I remember walking in that shoot and I was like, the day before we were supposed to do a fitting and you called me and you were like, I can't be bothered to do a fitting because I just came back from this Don't adventure thing with James. I would never Stewart. say I couldn't be bothered. No, you said it. You called me, you were like, I'm in the bus and I'm like stuck in the fucking oh, yeah, bus. I've been traffic, in there for but ages. I would never not be bothered. <laughs> no, you said I can't be bothered because okay. I had a horrific time and I was like, no worries. And then you told me, you're a great stylist, right? And yeah. I was like, I, I think I am. No, you told me that. Yeah. And I said, I think I am. And you were like, okay, I trust you. See you tomorrow. Mm. And so then I walked in the day after. Mm -hmm. And I had a stunt. With all my shit. Yeah. Should we pick up? Yeah. Do you want me to go and pick it up? Or do you know how to do it? No, I don't know how to do it. Um, hold on. It's when you open here, this thing. Yeah. Just push on the button. Open, take, like, pick up. Yeah. And push on the button. Push on the button. Put, yeah, yeah. Yeah, top button. Yeah. <laughs> Push the button, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like someone's having um, cardiac arrest on a hospital ward when that goes Push off. The button. <laughs> is he up here? Are you still rolling? So we keep polishing. Is this is this clothing? Like, is this clothes? I don't know. Maybe, yeah. It's a stripper. Yeah, it's the stripper. I forgot to tell you, but it's a very different type of podcast. This is a shambles. You can you use know that what? in the advert. It's going to be really funny. Do you think? Where was the person? Was it on the second or the first one? When you saw it on the camera? Basically, you can see if they're in the street or. I think he could have just knocked to bring to give clothes to the reception. Either way, we're about to find out if we hear. Okay, shoot. So, clap back. Um, yeah, so the day started and I remember you said, let them do what they want. And then you really wanted to wear that big furry teddy coat. Oh, yeah. The, and they were like, we don't think it's going to work. And I said, no. Exactly. I said, no, it's going to work. And it worked. And I was just looking at you and I was like, he's having a tantrum or he's very clear about what he wants. No, it wasn't a tantrum. I no, no, that's what I was wondering because I didn't know you. I was like, is it a tantrum or is it you're very clear what, about what you want and how you want it to look in general in the video? Because sometimes I arrive on jobs and people will, they will like literally say the opposite of what the manager or the label is saying, not because they actually don't like it but or like it. It's just they want to say the contrary of that because no. it's like a control thing. No, I just think that you probably have a better idea of style than... Some old geezer. 
A 50-year-old. Who've commissioned videos, so <laughs> let you do your job. I think that's close. <laughs> they say, life of a stylist. I don't know what it is. It's a big, it looks like sacks of potatoes. I'm just... You're just going, why the fuck am <laughs> I here? <laughs> I've got the best view right here. <laughs> I'm just ex Patricia. What is it? Wait, show me? Show me the front of it? Feels like shoes, I think. And text Patricia. Professionalism is pretty minimal here today. None, zero. I'm French. She's just texting. I'm texting Patricia. Brilliant. The real boss. Um, sorry. You know, oh, I've well, still got you know, these bracelets. I meant to send those back. <laughs> See? Yeah. I've had them for. I think she's asked me about it and I was like, no, he doesn't have them. So. Yeah, I said I posted them. Did you? No, they're still on my wrist. Oh, I thought you said I posted them on Instagram. Or no, I posted like them to mm -hmm. them. So, um, I think my first real question would be what do you think is very misunderstood about your job? whether it's in term, terms of fashion or if it's music, like just in general, something that you think people assume of you and is not true. That what you hear via the music is the real me, especially if you're... Oh, is it right? Um, what you hear is the real me. Especially, I think a lot of major label artists will say this is like, it's like the tip of the iceberg. What you hear coming out, there's a whole wealth of music underneath it. It's not necessarily that. We're kind of all pressured and pushed and so much pressure on like the A&Rs and the labels that they have to deliver a hit that they manipulate. This manipulates probably a strategy. Yeah, fuck it. They manipulate what comes out and that's not necessarily a true representation of yourself. So you might know me for certain songs, but actually what I'm best at is not necessarily what you've heard but you will hear. You will hear something different. You just hear everything. Everything's a body of work. It needs to be heard together instead of just dripping out singles that may have had production imposed on it by labels and stuff to fit current trends, which is quite frustrating. Or TikTok. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's a misconception. Yeah, I agree. I, I think the biggest misconception about you that people will have is that they will think... Some people will think you're a dance act. I'm not a fucking dance act. And you're act. not a dance act. He's not a dance act. I'm not. He is not. I hate that. Nothing against dance music, but there's more to me. Like ballads. Sad songs. <laughs> yeah. But everything just has to be in the U Everything's UK focused. It has to be a UK dance hit. I don't care. I can say this stuff now because I left my label. I don't care. You're free. I'm free. You're free. Fabulous. Free and fabulous. Next album title. Well, I want to make well, some socks that say, fuck it, I'm fabulous. Well, we should so do pre it. Pre-order below, pre-order below. They're here. No, not they're yet. not. Not yet. Not, not yet. Soon. Um, yeah, I think, I would say in general, what I feel is like, people will say, oh, so he's like a dance artist, but what I've heard from you, like whenever you make me listen to new music or music that hasn't been released, like I've heard like a very wide range of things and very different type of emotions, whether it's mm -hmm. like happiness, sadness, like different moments of your, in your life and stuff like that. But what the label were or has let you release was first and foremost dance. Mm -hmm. And I think there are some collabs that you've had. Like I love the collabs with Lainey, for example, because I felt like it wasn't only dance. There was something it was a else. Ballad on yeah, top of yeah the dance track. exactly. And that was really interesting. But I think I'm really excited to see what comes up. And also I'm really excited for Asia. I'm releasing music in Asia. That's where she's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe I should give a bit of context, but basically because we talk a lot yeah. about all these things, then you arrive here and I assume yeah, that everybody knows I'm about not it. UK but. specific. That's what we're saying. It's like the music's global. I love the music like what I grew up on was influenced by like one of the biggest influences on my music was a Turkish producer who produced the Bee Gees so it's yeah. kind of like and then I guess even I'm trying to think like producers who produced Lady Gaga's first album yeah. his influence came from Turkish and Asian and then Asian music as well yeah. and I love like what 
like K-pop brings or German rappers. I have no idea what they're saying. One of my favorite songs of all time is from a Belgian rapper. I have no idea what the song's about. Italian rappers, um, like pop music, which comes from Sweden, yeah. where it orig- like a lot of it originated in Sweden, which now affects everything. Like there's a glo- music is it's so it's global, global, and all we focus on here is like four to the floor, piano house, and it's like come on, it's like you've gone to a buffet, and all you've eaten is one little cocktail sausage, when there's so much more. <laughs> People are just going to remember the cocktail sausage. But, that's, but do you know what I mean? There's so much to <laughs> no, expose it's yourself true, to. It's true. And like, I love strings and classical music. Like my mum, we'd always, go, my dad was away a lot for work. So me and my mum would drive down to Cornwall a lot and she'd play me musicals mm. or she'd play me classical music. Yeah. So the um, emotional maturity of mm. what an, an orchestra can bring you can can deliver so much more than any modern synthesizer can or elect something in a in a computer can bring. Yeah. So if you want to tr- translate the story of a song, bring strings in it, and then yeah. So like mid Middle Eastern um, melodies and yeah. even like the the voice, the mid, Middle Eastern voice, how it wave, waves and stuff so is different. is emotion. It's pure emotion. Yeah. Like the, the, these influences have to come into everything. All like yeah. I'm sorry, I've gone on a tangent there, but do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I just I hate that everything's so confined when there's so many influences and I have influences from all over, all over the world and that's what I want to release is the music where I've been I grew up in music my first record was a Motown record um that's helped how I write songs and write stories yeah so I don't just want to release like a hook with a piano it's kind of like mad well I think it's a good thing though because now you've done like the whole like big label and everything so you know how it goes you know how it is you know they want to have like like an overall control over everything, like whether it's the music or the image, because I can see that, like whichever artist I work with, unless they have, when they signed, they've signed a deal that said that they have full control of their image at the end of the day. So they will decide on what pictures are released and what exact type of videos are released and who they're working with. And, you know, like they will decide on that ultimately. Mm -hmm then each and every single label I've worked with has always called me behind the back of the artist and told me, well, actually, this is what he or she wants, but this is what we want. So we need you to make that person happy, mm. but still make us happy. And all that, they do is wear know, black T-shirts and black trousers. Do you know the thing that I can't hear anymore that I hear from every <laughs> fucking label is? so You can't sack them off. You still got to get paid. <laughs> well, technically, it's Uniport. <laughs> That's for Universal specifically, so she can upset Warner, so and everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think there's that that thing of like once someone's making it in the industry, once someone makes it and they're, you know, in a position where people will look up to them and stuff like that. And I think that happens more with girls than it happens with boys. Then labels will turn around and will say, oh, so see these are the references so let's say for example Julipa is a reference so they will always tell me like so we want her to be like inspirational approachable relatable but still like kind of like non-reachable anyway so we want to do that overall but we want her to kind of be like Julipa but not Julipa and I think for me as a stylist it's a constant struggle of figuring out like what is the DNA of the artist what is the personality of the artist and how I can dress that person so it's still attractive to the fans, good for the label, but that artist actually feels great with what they're wearing. Mm-hmm. So when they go on stage or they go in an interview or stuff like that, they won't be like, I just don't feel comfortable with what I'm wearing. Mm-hmm. And they will only focus on their appearance and not, you know, yeah. the actual like music side, I would say. Mm-hmm. That's what you was good with me is that you made me feel comfortable. And I could say, I don't feel good in this. You're like, we don't do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also I think like sometimes sometimes like you've got to think that when you dress an artist, you dress two things. You dress the person as, you know, like I would dress you as Will, so you're Will, but I'm also dressing your character 220. Mm-hmm. But if 220 feels fabulous, then you're going to give the best of what you're giving. But Will still has to feel comfortable and mm-hmm. what 220 is wearing, if it makes sense. Mm-hmm. I get it. Well, that's interesting. That is interesting. Do you feel comfortable with what you're wearing? I do, actually. It's almost like you just threw it together. It was a five-minute throwing together thing, but... Three minutes at best. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I left the were... house without any clothes today. <laughs> I was just in my gym kit, and I realised I was doing a fashion podcast. And <laughs> normally, I, I do take effort. Like, I like to feel... I feel like I look quite cool. 
Although my girlfriend just says, mm, worn that a lot lately, haven't you? Like, thanks. That's her way of saying that you're... She's in fashion as well. You're just, fashion. You're, yeah, you're grubby. <laughs> it's like, do you want to shave today? Do you know like, what? I always thought, no, I was going to shave, but I thought actually I look quite rugged. So I was like, I'm not... Go- Brilliant. But actually, like the other day, she left something yellow in the washing machine. It died, like my favourite tracksuit bottoms. Those kid super ones, yellow, <gasps> yellowy. And she's like, well, we can throw them out now. Because all the stuff's... Come- I've worn them so much, the, yeah. the pattern's coming off. She's like, we can yeah. throw them out now. I'm like, you've sabotaged that. She knew it. She knew it. Yeah, but it's, it's for, for the best. I've not thrown them out. Well, they're back in the pile in the back. They're in the cupboard, slightly yellow. <laughs> this is what Alex does. Like yeah. he hides stuff and then I find them, throw them away. And then he goes in the bin, picks them back up, puts them back in a hole in the wardrobe or something like that. Good. Yeah. Um, what would be your biggest failure at work and what did you learn from it or like your worst day at work that you've had and what did you actually learn from it or your worst shoot for example and like there's actually something positive that came out of that Um, two examples I put out a song I didn't want to put out and it didn't do as well and I knew it wouldn't do well but I gave in to the pressure and it just doesn't represent me like it wasn't me and I didn't I didn't just didn't love it and it yeah. still got put out and I just knew and and that was a sign I'm like right I'm gonna if I'm gonna fail I'll fail on my own terms and then actually like I didn't feel I should have like I think I was just like not fe- fully feeling myself in like the last Brits outfit we wore yeah Something about like how the Lanvin one. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't slag them off. Don't name. No, them. you can. But I'm not slagging it off. Like I like the outfit, but I didn't feel my most fabulous. Yeah. And I think I like shied away a bit how I was carrying myself. Yeah. And I got fucking ripped to shreds on social media. <gasps> no, you didn't tell me about destroyed. it. What did they say? My hair and everything. They just said I look like a fucking idiot. But I think I've always felt if you can wear anything as long as you wear it confidently. Yeah. And I didn't wear it confidently that day, and so then I got destroyed. But then I think, when I think about that day, it's like, because we thought everything as an overall. So yeah. for context, he was wearing Lanvin. Doesn't matter if we slag them off. Because you still it, wore it. it we're not slagging them off. We're being realistic about the situation. Yeah. It was a great outfit. It was from the show. It was a sequin, flurry shirt and cargo pants. Mm. And I don't think I like, I think the coat was the thing that threw me. Yeah. And then the coat, there was like this big purple coat. Uh, green. I should it was remember green. 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 So the and then the shirt was purple and yellow. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then so basically, what we did is we when we do looks, we always think about looks as an overall. And we had Will's hair dyed with the pattern of the shirt. Mm-hmm. And then you were wearing Stephen Webster, I think, for the jewelry. Yeah, great. Stephen Webster, always great. We love him. And those massive shoes from Lanvin as well. Oh no, maybe they were Zanotti. No, no, they yeah, they, they were like they looked like skater shoes, but the yeah, no, was they, too were big. they were long. They were long. Yeah, I th- I remember no because the thing is I talked to you being like I don't feel like this is my favorite yeah. outfit. Yeah. But then I listened to other people and other people said I look good and I should do it and that's where I went wrong because when we talk and we agree on stuff, yeah. then we're like cool, let's do it. But that. But I always need I gave you to be pressure. like yeah, I always need you to be. Yes, I really like it or. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I feel 100%. Yeah. But then I'll tell you one thing. I feel like the Brits for me is my most hated red carpet or work I have to do every year. not holding back year. on this, honestly. <laughs> but I will say to but people, the, the, like people ask me, I'll tell yeah. them, what's your worst job to do in the year? What is my fucking worst job to do in the year? It's the Brits. Because there's so much pressure on it. There's like the fucking Daily Mail is like Yeah, I've got worse dressed. I, I got one of the worst dressed in there. <laughs> It's okay. Somebody else before, was the year before you were on best, best dressed. dressed. Vogue. Yeah. That I love that outfit. GQ as and well. I felt comfortable. And I loved but it. But you were also on best dressed yeah. last year with what was it? Glam pop, something like that. But it was cool. That the outfit yeah. was cool, but I wasn't carrying it as well as I should carry it. And that was the thing is that I should always go, if I'm gonna to commit to it, do it hundred percent. Not just be like, Oh, I feel better on the day. That was the point of the Yeah. That. Yeah. But I loved, like, I had the after party outfit and that was the one I loved the most, but I felt too... Was it that black one? Yeah, and I felt too shy to say it to everyone. For some reason, I just felt shy when I was in the fitting room and I should have just gone with that and I would have felt more confident, would have carried myself more confident. I think also, like, the thing is, like, when you're... Because last year you were nominated. Yes. 
you were nominated, right? Yeah, last, last two year. years. Yeah, last two years. And I think like there's a pressure that comes with that mm -hmm. that makes it so much complicated for everything because like you're already focusing on the fact that yeah. you're nominated and then everything else comes like what brand you're going to wear, how are you going to do your hair, what jewelry, mm -hmm. who's going with. I think like, we just killed you know, it the first year as well. It was I think so the good. first year was, was so good, yeah. Wait, now I need was, to find the picture. It was a one-off Versace outfit that no one else wore, <gasps> the blue one. Yes. And it felt like strong and masculine, but also I had the the rainbow top and the pink leopard yeah. print hair. So I felt with the like feminine, fabulous side, it just had the perfect yeah. balance. And we had the nails. Yeah, exactly. Everything felt great. So I felt confident. I was like, yeah, yeah I can do this. But that one I didn't feel as good. No, I think, that's on me. Do you want to know something funny about the Brits? Okay, you're allowed to tell this. Yeah. I'm allowed to say anything I want because I don't have an agent, so no one's ever going to tell me don't Can say we, that. someone get an agent <laughs> in the next five minutes? Okay, what? So um, maybe like the third year I'm in London. Third, fourth year I'm in London. Anyway, like I hadn't been in London for a long time. I still had issues like understanding accents and stuff like that. So if you throw in someone who's Scottish or something like that, I would literally look at the person. I would be like, like, I know you're talking to me. I can understand like a few words, but I literally have zero fucking clue what you're telling me. And so my agent called me and she's like, hey, um, so we're going to do the Brits. And at the time I had Louisa, I had the Vamps. So I was like, okay, cool. And then she's like, and then there's this band, Beefy Clyro. No, you didn't. <laughs> I don't know why I'm looking around, but that's a tough job. And I'm like, okay, yeah, great. And I was literally like in between jobs and she's like, so you're going to have the fitting that day at that place. So we arrived in a hotel, like they booked us this like conference room for the fitting and everything. And... I walk in in the fitting, like confident, you know, they sent me the brief. The only detail is I've not spoken to any of the guys of Biffy Clyro. I've just spoken to the manager. Oh, and they're Scottish. Okay, I got hey, where this is going. Babe. They show up. So first my agent, my agent sends me a picture of the guys. And she's like, FYI, these are the guys. So the first one walks in and I don't recognize him. So I say hi, but I don't clock that he's from the band. So I just stand there and wait. Okay. <laughs> and then the two other guys arrive. And they start talking. And I'm like, I don't understand anything. But like, no shit, like nothing. And I'm just standing here and I'm like, I don't know if I should have a panic attack right now. If I should tell them that I don't understand when you're speaking. Because I speak fluent English. I just don't understand your accent. And... The singer has an accent that's like quite strong as well. And I was just like standing in front of him and he was talking. And then I just go, yes. And my assistant's next to me at the time. And she looks at me and she's like, yeah, 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 sure. So we're going to make it work. And then so they turn around and she goes, so we're going to start the fitting and everything. Just give us a minute. And she turns towards me and she's like, did you actually understand anything he was telling you? And I'm like, no, zero. And he was explaining, like, actually, these are the type of brands I want to wear. I think, like, I have an outfit from Gucci that I would like to wear. So I would like the guys to be styled, like, around my outfit so it works with it and everything. So I had to call my agent and be like, Perry, like, you didn't tell me that they were not English. And she's like, well, they speak English. And I'm like, uh, yeah, but it's not, like, the kind of English I understand. So we had to do the entire fitting where <laughs> I was pretending I was understanding everything. And then my assistant was literally next to me and she was like feeding me. She was like, he said this, he said that. Okay, so he said he likes this. He doesn't like that. You should fit this. You should fit that. You could have just said, I don't understand you. Yeah, but at the time I was like, because also I had this this big thing where it's happened to me on jobs before because obviously I lived in Mexico, I lived in Spain. So I've, I'm like used to like different type of accents and languages. But it's happened to me before where I've told someone like, I don't understand what you're saying. And they've turned turned it against me and they've been like, well, you shouldn't be booked on that job because if you don't understand and you said like, you said you speak that language and you don't understand it, it's that you don't speak it. Okay. As a fucking disaster. So that was the first of many Brits shambles. I feel like this podcast has the potential to destroy your career. You think? <laughs> no, it's going to be okay. I think at this point, if anybody can destroy anything, it's only me, myself and I. I feel like this might but, actually be a therapy but, session that I've been roped into. 
she's got some stuff she wants to get off her chest and I'm, and she's actually had to pay a crew to be here because the fe- she's blacklisted from all the therapists in London and they're like she's got way too many issues so she's like I know I'll get Will because he's a nice guy and he'll fall for my shit and you guys are here and I hope she's fucking paying you a lot because not even which <laughs> we're doing it together yeah have a digestive you're gonna fucking need it after this shit show yeah. <laughs> He's giving oh. it to you. <laughs> oh, I'm feeling really stressed. I know it will sort I me need out. Chocolate. Digestive. This is like ASMR. No, it's an advert. I'm getting you endorsements. Play with oh. play along. Oh. I prefer that. Perrier. Yeah. Well, no, realistically, if we're gonna get endorsements, like Rails. No, close. I know, I'm Close. <laughs> right, next question. Next question. <laughs> so what's your biggest pet peeve? Pet peeve. Like something that puts you off a lot. In terms of fashion. Fashion. <laughs> no, actually I can't say that because I get in so much trouble, but I'll say... No, so my girlfriend goes to me, she goes, that's really nice. I love her. And then she's like, she's like, oh, just don't like the dungarees you wore. Like she's like, if I just take something out of your wardrobe, I'll take the dungarees. Now. She tells you that. She told me that about one yeah. thing, the one thing only. She's like, I don't like your dungarees. I was like, okay, yeah, thanks. I didn't ask, but okay. So then she's like, what do you not like in my wardrobe? And I was like, oh no, don't go there. Lie, lie. I just said because she wears oversized men's blazers, and I was like, I just think like you look like you're wearing your dad's suit. But she is. Yeah, but I just, I just didn't like it, and it's been a sore point for about six months now. If you're out there and your girlfriend asks you what you don't like in her wardrobe, you like everything. Everything. I'm trying to think what else I don't like. What don't I like? What don't I like? What about? Like really painfully white boys wearing really like rap gangster, gangster outfits. No, not chains, just the whole The ensemble. whole outfit, yeah. Ensemble, yeah. I just, and you can tell they're from private school and they just think they look really cool but then also again it's mostly rich white boys who not, yeah, they, they, yeah. they always work as A&Rs yeah. and they dress really grungy like really dirty but d- and deep down they go, they're not and then I loved at Christmas everyone's like oh and then the A&Rs go home and take a picture of their like massive like great hall and big yeah, fireplace yeah 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 that I feel like if you, but that, that just probably I feel I've been really rude there but I think you're well, a rude, you're a rude people, person when it comes rude, to these things. Rude, you just, always have to be rude when you genuine. say those things. People aren't being genuine. Just, just dress as yourself. I, you can tell they're not comfortable, when they're, especially the guys in the tracks, not yeah. the tracksuits, but trying to dress all gangster. Yeah. When I think gangster's a terrible word, but they're like, they're just not being themselves and they look uncomfortable. So the outfit doesn't look good. Yeah. If they're truly wear dressing to be themselves, then they would look good. Oh man, I'm going to get so much hate for what this. About, what about buffalo shoes? Do you know what's buffalo? Buffalo. Yeah. Buffalo. Buffalo. But I mean, buffalo, buffalo, buffalo is, you know, depending on the accent. Like the big... There's like... There's platforms. Uh, yeah. I can't say anything. Naked wolf. Yeah. <laughs> I can't talk about anything. My girlfriend's got loads of... <laughs> I like... What's wrong with them? I mean, Balen- I think... no, Balenciaga shoes are fucking disgusting. No, but they're cancelled anyway. Yeah, like but they were just, done. yeah, but they should, but they were just, oh, I think, you know, it's funny because I, I worked with one of the Spice Girls and she was, well, two of them and they were so nice and I loved working with them. But all I really wanted to say through the day was you're responsible for that fashion of like these big platform shoes that has traumatized me since I was I had 15 a, I until had now. Of, I had a pair of platforms. When, I've always resisted. When I was 15 and I was fat, goth, I wore a trench coat and platforms. No. Do you know what else I hate? What? The light brown leather loafer. Yeah, yeah. Disgusting. That's like that's like the old Gucci, but like the bad Gucci. The ones you hear trotting up and down Clapham High Street. The old oh. Todds. No, not even that. They're not like some that. shitty brand. Then they go like... Yeah, and they shuffle and they just... You know that... Wait, I'm checking no one's wearing it. And, <laughs> and you know they're, they're just attached to some fucking idiot. It's true. Okay. It's true. God, mess me wrong from this section before I destroy everyone. 
No, I think this, I think also like one thing that I really hate is when people will take something from a magazine and like recreate it straight away without even thinking like, does it actually fit you? Do you feel comfortable in it? And like, are you trying to recreate the persona that's in the magazine or that you've seen on the TV and stuff like that? Or are you actually like doing it? Like, is the clothes wearing, like the look is wearing you or you're wearing the look? And I feel like I see a lot of people at the moment who are not wearing the look. The look is wearing them, Mm -hmm. especially with the whole like Y2K situation and you know, like all What's these that? people, it's like all these people that haven't lived through the real times of like Avril Lavigne and, you know, Britney Spears, Christina, like, mm-hmm. you know, we were there. Yeah. Like we know how it was. We were there before, before was, it all got wrong, before the conservatorship and all of that. But we were there at the beginning of that whole fashion where they would dress like with like those super crop tops and those cargo trousers and all this shit. And I mm-hmm. think... Now I see it at Urban Outfitters and I see all these people recreating those looks and they're like, it's a way to get on TikTok and stuff like that. And it's like, actually, like, you're 20. You have no idea. You've not lived through it. You don't it. know what we've been through. You don't know what we've been through. Like, I had zero likes on my Instagram and I didn't care about it because Do you don't it was even remember when we had to wear fucking Lacoste shorts and a polo shirt all year round? <laughs> all year round. You don't remember <laughs> Abercrombie and Fitch. I didn't want to wear it. I never wore it. No, but it's the pressure. The pre- yeah, I know. I know it was the awful. pressure. Look, I grew up in the south of France and my school was international, so there were loads of so you wore American. Be- you wore berets and striped shirts. No, I didn't. I didn't. I had a small moment like that when I was at fashion school where I thought it would be really great to like push my Frenchness and then I quickly realized like actually it's not very yeah, not no, very no flattering, you know, like onions. no one wants that. And then also you take off the berry and you have like that mark and all of this. Oh, great. But I remember, so it was like heavily influenced by Americans because we had a lot of American students and everybody was like, you're not wearing a Abercrombie on Fetch? That was quite a good accent. That was a good impression. Was it good? That's really blown you, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's just a lot of pressure to wear that crap. I remember actually this... It, I remember Bista Village used to live next to that as a fat teenager, young teenager, probably like 12, no, 13, 12. My dad took me to Versace and bought me a um, bright blue, electric blue, lycra t-shirt because he thought, he told me That's I looked so good. so cool. No, but I just, I looked like a toilet, toilet bobble. Like, he just did it as a joke. He thought it's hilarious. So did that was well, my mom had those moments as well. Like she consistently dressed me in those like, you know, like Heidi, Heidi in the mountains. No. Or Pippi Langstrumpf. I, I don't know how you say it. In, Pippi Longstocking. Yeah, Pippi Longstocking. That was in German actually. Oh. So when I was a kid for a while, she dressed me like fucking Pippi Longstocking and I was absolutely traumatized from it. So now every time I see stuff that I have to do with it, I'm like, I remember, but I have the pictures. I don't have social media from that time, but. Hmm. <laughs> next question <laughs> so I think the classic question but if your worst enemy was writing a book about you what would be the title what a cunt what a cunt yeah that fucking cunt <laughs> no that's too far <laughs> what a cunt it'd just be like that wouldn't it what a cunt but he's not that bad but he's done it anyway yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I don't think I don't think I have any worst enemies. I think they'd be like, "Yeah, good for him. Good for you. You look happy and healthy." Yeah, wishing you the best. No, you don't get that reference, did you? No. Fucking hell. I'm French. It was um, I've forgotten her name now. Uh-huh. Who is it? Aha. Uh-huh. Good for you. Look happy and healthy. That ah, Olivia yes, Rodrigo. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, 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 Olivia. Um, I kind of want to ask you about... Am I meant to ask the questions back? Yeah, if you want. What, what would your enemy say? What would she call it? That fucking bitch. That would be, that, that would be the title. <laughs> you're holding on for dear life over there. <laughs> <'cause you're> like... <laughs> no, I thought, I think... Well, your maybe... Enemy was... Well, actually, get undressed. I mean, it started here. So that would be the title of the book I would write. No. I would. It should more non say it. What? 
Yeah. I And I think it arrived like maybe like five years ago or something like that. I realized like what's the first thing that I say when we arrive in a fitting and when we, you know, start a fitting. The first Hello? thing I say is, hi, welcome, get undressed. And we're going to redress you. We're going to change. Sounds a bit seedy, doesn't look. it? <laughs> it's what it is. We work <laughs> in fashion. And so it's kind of like become a thing. But then the thing is like when you don't know someone and you do the first fitting and they arrive, whether it's a girl or a boy, and you're like, hey, get undressed. They're like, sometimes like the first time mm. they're like, I'm quite good. I'll just drop my trousers anywhere. Like yeah. I don't use fingers yeah. or anything. Yeah, you get undressed really easily. But you're not the only one. And you know, like, the thing <laughs> is, like, I've realized, and we were talking about it with Patricia, it's like people will walk in the studio and, like, they will automatically get undressed. Like, they arrive, they're, like, high, and they start taking off their clothes because they know they're coming for a fitting and they know, like, they're going to get changed. But sometimes it's, like, actually, like, stay dressed. Like, I want to talk mm. a little bit about the looks and stuff like that it's with not, you You're before. not just here for the flesh. no. There's more substance to it. It's not just the a transaction. The amount of boobs I've seen in my life. Nice. Yeah. Fucking nice. <laughs> What's, yeah. Actually, I've got one to tell you. What's the best boob? What's the best boob you've ever seen? What? I want to say Pamela, but it's not Pamela. Oh, you don't have to that say That was definitely names, the most exciting okay. one I've seen. <sighs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> Oh no, this is taking a turn. I knew it would take. <laughs> so what's the, what? So the best tits I've seen. Tit. Tits. One tit. No. Okay, then comes a pair. Tits. Mm -hmm. Do you want me to tell you the name? But obviously no. you can't record that. Like you can't. No, just say can't what put was so out. great about that boob. They were perfect because they were small, but not too small. Anything bigger Big. than a handful is a waste. Exactly. But they fit, they fit perfectly in the clothes. And I'm like... <laughs> she was she but the am thing I is get, am I gonna get cancelled for this maybe we're all gonna get cancelled <laughs> but I mean do you know what huh? yeah also I feel like getting cancelled is very 2022 like in 2023 no one gets cancelled that's good yeah a big beaver <laughs> so there, there's there's two, like there's two Actually, my favorite one, but it's not too mad, but I, I still remember to this day. One thing is like when I started styling, because I started styling in Barcelona, because before that I was a designer and then I was, fuck this shit. Um, I went on a shoot and there was this Swedish model called Charlie. And write Charlie- that, Write that down. Yeah. But he doesn't model anymore, so we're oh, it's, fine. It's a boy, it's don't write it's it It's a boy. No, it's a boy. Okay. Well, you never know. You might want to try so get my he purple boots on. <laughs> is the tag still underneath? Wait. This is this is always on the job. Yeah. That, that I think that's the thing I hate the most is like tags underneath right. the shoes. Like Meghan Markle had that. And I was like, um, and so he used to tattoo himself. And obviously, as a stylist, like I've got shit tons of pictures where I'm like closing trousers, retouching the belt. So there's always that picture of people like standing up and I'm always here like mm -hmm. each on their crotch, right? And um, he's like, retouch, retouch my trousers. And he literally had a tattoo like right at the limit of his crotch that goes, you are number one. And I was like, that's the most, that's, that's super clever. Like I always remember that guy because whenever you go and you retouch his trousers or if you're a girl and you go to stock him off and all that shit, like it's always written, written you are number one. The story behind that is he actually got this tattoo because he had a very big argument with his girlfriend and the girlfriend was like, I'm never like your number one priority. Mm. And so he got the tattoo and that, I think that would be like the person I remember the most. And then probably the worst is you have no idea how many people will like try to get fully undressed and get a favor out of you because you're the stylist or they will automatically what think do you mean that a favor? like they, a hand job yeah like they will automatically not, not even a hand job but like the amount of time in my life as, as I welcome <laughs> welcome to the podcast <laughs> No, but it's true. The amount of time as a stylist where I have to be like, 
not so much anymore, but when I started where people would be like, hey, if you want to get that job or something like that, like, let's just have a fuck and then I'll put you on all the jobs or, hey, but you're the stylist, like, you know, I'm super famous. So why wouldn't you have sex with me and stuff like that? It's like, I think that's like the biggest thing that I've seen as a recurrency in my career. Name and shame. No. No, okay. No, I can't. Well... Yeah. 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 Well, I think, do you know what the thing though is like, this hasn't happened to me in the past few years. And I think like it happened to me a lot when I was starting. So it's like more than, well, around 10 years ago is when it was happening a lot. And I think like the Me Too movement hadn't come on and like the fact that you need to be respectful and like the boundaries between work and private life and all of that shit hadn't come on. But I have like very strong memories of being on jobs like in Mexico where like the the executive of executive producer of the commercial stuff like that at the end of the evening would be like, hey, come on, let's go have a fuck. And I'd be like, no, like, dude, you're disgusting. You're like 50. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen your wife at the airport and your kids and stuff like that. And and he's like, do you know who I am? You'll never work with me again. And I'm like, Good. Well, well, fuck you. Like, I'll never work with you again. But I will also tell everyone around what you've done. And I will ask the other producer to book me a flight back home right away. And then you can deal with your styling for the rest of the commercial. But that's a that's a bad bitch. Yeah. You ever had any situations like that? Not not like in styling, but just in general. Mm, I did a shoot. In New York, <laughs> I remember doing this. I got sent to this shoot, and this guy was like, "Yeah, this is my boat." He's like fifty, creepy. He's like, "Yeah, this is my yacht," and it literally said down the side, like New York Harbor Rentals or something. And then he's like, "Let's go take photos in the engine room, okay?" And then I stood there in a pair of tiny white pants, and he's got me in a captain's hat, and I've got a massive head, so it looked like a skull cap, like at the back of my head. This I'm cap- sorry, but when, weren't you already worried? By yeah, the time- but I'm, yeah, I'm professional. Yeah. And then he's like, you're not looking big enough. You need to fluff yourself. <laughs> yeah. So, and yeah, he just talks about how he used to shag the models. And I was like, not me. And in Singapore, actually, this guy, every new model in Singapore had to go and do a shoot with this businessman. And you go to his house. Red and you, flag, red and flag. And then you'd, he'd be like, I'm doing this project where you have to get naked and I'll draw um, on you with a chopstick, a line. And you stood there with your wang out. And he goes, no, and you do shoot for like an hour. And he's like, no, nah, we haven't got we haven't got the shot. You have to come back another time. Then he had to clean the oil off you. He cleaned the ink off you with oil, and then he'd try and get you drunk. And he gave me like half a bottle of prosecco, and I'm like, mate, I'm English. I'm half, You're gonna no, need more. Yeah, I'm half Irish. So I, I don't be tight. It was flat as well. I'm like fucking hell. At least make it like nice and sparkly. Keep a spoon in it. If you open your prosecco, put a spoon down it. But you know what the thing is like, because I when I look back at all these moments. I think these things are happening so much less because people are scared now. And also because mm. people have learned like Good. to speak up for themselves. Like whenever I work with like new assistants and like when I have intern coming at the studio and like we start like talking about, okay, what it's like to be a stylist. Cause loads of people have actually like a very wrong idea of what the styling is. I always go like, you have to stand up for yourself. Like 10 mm-hmm. years ago, we used to work for free for ages in order to get a job because it was like that like you had to work for free and then you would get you know Mm -hmm. paid and stuff like that and you had to like accept the bully from like your bosses and it was like it was fine to be treated like shit and all of that and nowadays like the new generations like actually I'm not going to take the shit and I think that's that's amazing because that's what I wish we had yeah but I think when I started I wish someone told me I didn't need to take all the shit I've taken in order to make it where I am because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day it's not about it's not about that. It's about how hard you work and how reliable you are, I would say. Mm-hmm. I agree. Just don't take shit from these older people. No. no. Just because they got bullied, they bully. And then we just yeah. stop it. Yeah, and it's like, it's a culture of it. And I feel like in fashion, it's super strong. And it's yeah. like, People I don't understand. People go in so nice and they come out so cunty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I came in so nice and... Still a cunt. That. Still a cunt. That would be the name Still of a my cunt. book. Still a cunt. The podcast. <laughs> Do you know one of, I remember one of my worst fashion moments was in Singapore. Hadn't booked a job. I went, I went there, like I just quit my job. I was 24, I was too old to model. And I was like, fuck it, I'm going to Singapore. Don't know why. Not really the fashion capital of the world. First job I booked was because I cut my thumb open. Um, I was going through my bag and left a razor in there. I cut the end of my thumb yeah. off. 
and they booked me for it. And they're like, this is the biggest catwalk in Asia. It's 1.6 kilometers. 1.6? It's a marathon. It's like 200,000 people watching. <laughs> we want you to open the show. I'm like, yes, class. They put me, they dressed me as a jester and they a put jester. clown paint on my face. <laughs> and I thought it was going to be big fashion. And I had to walk down the middle of um, it's Singapore, like the main street. And then the soles came off my shoes. I was walking and I'm flapping. They're flapping like that. After how long? And I'm holding a fairy wand as well. I had to walk. It took like an hour and a bit. It was fucking terrible. <laughs> that was a fashion disaster. That was a shame. I think, like, I've had many, many moments like that where, like, for example, one of my clients arrived at the Jonathan Ross show and my assistant was there at the time. And then I was in LA with another client and I get a text from him and he goes, I've got two left shoes. I'm going on st- like on stage in five minutes. What the fuck? <laughs> and I'm like, do you mind checking? And he goes, I'm sure I've got two left shoes. That well, turns out we had like two pairs in the same size and we sent the wrong size, like the wrong oh other God. side of the shoe. That would have been a bad moment. But I think... I think like for me, there's so many moments where I've stood on set and I was doing a job and I thought, what the fuck am I doing here? Yeah. Where like I'm doing this awful commercial or I'm doing this awful like shoot and I'm like, it it could have all gone so good. But then I also didn't listen to myself. Like, mm. you know, when you get booked on jobs or like, I guess it's the same for you for music when you're like, you get, okay, can you do this? Can you do that? And you're like, I feel like this is not mm. a great idea, but I'm going to do it anyway. And then you're on stage or you're at the shoot on the job and you're like, I knew it wasn't a good idea. I knew I shouldn't be there. Everything is shit. And then your mm. name is next to it. I remember, I actually remember the thing we were talking about earlier. Hunger Magazine, Adele put me in an outfit and you could see the outline of my helmet. It was you, it was Hunger. It was, it was Hunger magazine. Did it actually you come out? Did it actually come out? And you could see out? the helmet. No, we had, to, we had to change the outfit. It was in all exactly. these pictures. It didn't come out. Fuck, I remember I went for casting with with Rankin and they gave you a box of sex toys and they were like, pick something out of here and act with it. So I put a PVC dress on. I love it. And what did I do? I put a PVC dress on. I put a dildo in my mouth and I think I was dancing. And did you get the job? No. <laughs> So, so when, when no, I had a ball uh, gag in my mouth. That was it. I had a ball gag in my mouth. PVC dress on and dildos in my hands. Actually, I did. I did another Playboy job in in Spain, and they asked me for a range of sex toys mm. on top of the lingerie, and then they said you can't come on set. And then I, I you can't come on set really. No, you can't come the day of the shoot. Like you just <laughs> have to send everything. And then you got that. <laughs> you can't come on set. <laughs> And then I, I, to this day, I still wonder, like, was it actually a Playboy shoot? Or did I just send something for, like, a porn porn. movie Hmm. or something that they were doing at the same time and they just got some pictures because she was a playmate. They just got some pictures. Hmm. It's good work if you can get it. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) All right, one more question. You find the question. It's not my podcast. You, want- you can't yeah. do that to your, to your guests. You ask the questions. No. I, I remember I had to do a shoot where the guy was like, we're doing a swimwear shoot. And where was it? I thought I was going to go somewhere really cool. And I went to Brentford. And um, it was in, what was it? It was, like, it was like a hotel. It was a cheap hotel. And they had a swimming pool inside. It's like, we're doing a swimwear shoot here. Nothing wrong with Brentford though, like if anyone. But it was the just because I thought is, I was going somewhere really gonna cool. You're never going to do a great shoot when you're doing swimming, swimwear, because you're always going to do it in winter anyway. Yeah, and then I had, and then he was fucking around there, and then the hotel came in. They're like, "Why are you here taking photos?" and threw us out. Oh, so they didn't even know. No, so I left. I almost got arrested on the shoot like that okay. on Las Ramblas in Spain, because they they didn't get a permit. And then the police came up to me and I was holding like loads of clothes and stuff like that. It was a commercial shoot. Mm. It was like 7am in the morning and they're like, what are you doing here? And I was like, we're doing a commercial. And then they were like, do you have a permit? And I was like, well, that's the production situation. That's not my problem. And he was like, but do you have a permit to be there? And I was like, well, no. He was like, well, then you're going to need to come with me to the police station. So we're going to have to sort it. And then I started crying like this. And then the producer arrived and then, well, the producer had to go Mm. with them though. 
Adele took me to a fashion show once and she sat me next to my ex-girlfriend. First I time I'd d- seen her know. since we broke up. I didn't know. Like he, I, yeah. And the, the show was shit as well. It was so shit. Really? Yeah. I it was right. Did you like it? Well, I was a bit distracted with stress. Yeah. No, you, you were not distracted. Like, you were like ah. that. Yeah, it wasn't great. I was like, are you enjoying it? Yeah. I'm trying to think of other funny stories you can just throw in. I think we have a lot of funny stories in the already. already. Yeah. No? Yeah. 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 I think what's next for you? What's next for me? Yeah. What do you want to mm, do next? I think I'm going to be an independent artist. Now yeah. I'm saying it out loud, then I'm doing it. Um, like we said at the start, I'm just sick of being told what to do. Yeah. Sick of not being true representation of yeah. myself. Um, you have just as equal chance to succeed nowadays, independent artists. Well, like, look at Ray. Yeah, exactly. I mean, my music isn't affect my. I'm a rare artist where my social media doesn't affect how well my music does because yeah. the music will just talk for itself. For some reason, like whether it's like Spotify and radio support it. Um, well, I built relationships with radio people. Yeah. That's something I did when I got signed because I was signed for one single. But I think you did this yourself, yeah. not through, not even through the label or anything like that. No, when That's I got signed, you, yeah. I got signed for one single, and I was like, yeah. right, they're going to get rid of me after single. I got to make myself yeah. indispensable, so. Um, I went and made friends with all the radio producers and DJs and stuff. So they support my records. So now I just want to bring out what I want to bring out and be true to that. And yeah. I would like to go back to the Brits just so I can win Best Dressed again. But we'll, there's other, we'll come back there. Yeah. But there's got to be some, yeah, we've got to go for some bigger and better stuff. But I think just making music I want to make, have some changes in life, just be happy, um, successful. Enjoy, no? Yeah. Yeah. Go to Italy a few more times. Why Italy? It's just nice food, isn't it? <laughs> I love you. <laughs> it is. It's really nice food. So but then you come back and you don't fit in the clothes anymore. Yeah, well, I always change size, don't I? <laughs> I think one thing, actually one thing that I, I wanted to ask you is like, how do you feel towards like the sample size and all this shit? Because you've, I mean, we've done mm. loads of shoots and we've done loads of things. And it's like, sometimes we'll receive sample size. Like, what is the sample size anyway? Yeah. Like, It's not accommodating to a man with a big package. No. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, perfect time. <laughs> Saved by the bell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, guys. Yeah. Great finish. <laughs> really funny. 